0: To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls
1: who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should, and we're perfectly okay with that.
0: We are 50 years worth of okay with
2: it, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino.
1: I'm Jane and you can find me on Instagram at realmousewifewdw.
0: I'm Patty Holiday from noguiltdisney.com and noguilt travel, a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal vacations. You can find me on all socials at noguiltlife. And today we are going to just do a little rundown, a recap, a discussion about the big celebration of Walt Disney World's 50th. And full disclosure, I was scrolling through our our uh, our ch- our chats on text and laughing about how our initial uh, thoughts changed over time uh, on these subjects. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. We're actually, and, and I think we're going to freely tell you, like originally we thought this, but now we're kind of thinking this, and talk to you about how. Um, some of our thought processes might have changed about these things. Because if you are active on social media, you might have seen a lot of negative stuff coming out about the 50th anniversary. And I definitely think there's some things that that you could talk negatively about. There were some, some issues, particularly on the day of the first. Um, food, mobile ordering, we'll get into all of that. There were some big major problems. But there was also some things that I think kind of got, I don't want to say blown out of proportion, but maybe we got to look th- at this through a different lens. And then, of course, Jane actually got to go and see all of the big shows that people were talking about. And she's got our firsthand response as to what she felt and thought by watching those shows. So we're going to dig into all of that a little bit. Um, Teresa, though, has some really quick uh, news updates, some information that... We're not going to talk into detail now, but we'll get there. <laughs> but just put this on your radar.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I know we we usually do these really really long you know news recap episodes, and because we want to focus on the fiftieth today, we're not going to we're not going to dig into these and in the dis- types of discussions we would normally have because we would, do want to talk more about you know the reactions to the fiftieth. But it would have just felt weird to have these announcements coming out and not acknowledge them. So I wanted to do just a quick recap. Um, one of the items that that is very exciting to me. Is they've announced that so much more live entertainment is returning to Walt Disney World. Uh, some has already come back. Some is coming back soon. Uh, but I think that's one of those missing pandemic items that. I don't want to say took away some of the magic of Walt Disney World, but it's just such a nice, welcoming feeling to know that these things are returning. It adds to the atmosphere so much. So over in Magic Kingdom, there is now a Castle Welcome Show has returned, and the Casey's Corner piano player is back. Um, In Epcot, in World Showcase, they have reintroduced the drummers to Japan, the juggler in Italy, and Alberta Bound um, is performing again in Canada. A host of musicians are returning to Animal Kingdom and at Hollywood Studios. It's not back yet, but the Disney movie Magic is returning on November 7th, and that was the the evening show that went through the live-action Disney movies. And I'm so excited because it's one of my favorite long-running experiences at Disney Hollywood Studios. The Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular will be back on December 19th. Yay, clapping, clapping hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was uh, watching, looking at YouTube the other day and came across uh, the video of the of the Indiana Jones folks. I think they put it out like last May when it was announced when the parks were going to reopen. And of course, at that time, I think they thought they were going back to work sooner rather than later. Um, but I was watching it and I was just blown away by how talented the stunt performers are. They were like, running across the roofs of their own houses and jumping off the sides, jumping off the second story in their, on their staircases. They were doing flips all over the place. They were, they were just really incredible. And I got super excited for them. I was like, I hope these folks, you know, are, they're happy to be coming home. I hope there's place for all of them. I hope they all made it through um, doing other stunt type work until the show came back. So I, I got got a little excited myself about the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular News. I think it's going to be a much needed um, addition to the park. I'm with you. I, I like the live performances. Um, again, it's one of those things that I may not stop and watch every single one, but I we have felt and we have noticed them not being there during this time frame. Like that you, you you don't know what you lost until it's gone, you know that kind of thing. So I'm glad it's all coming back or starting to anyway.
1: Yeah, I'll say that um, when I went to Epcot um, over the uh, weekend of the first, so when the 50th kicked off, when we went into Epcot that weekend, that was the first time like we immediately heard the drummers in Japan. And Uh so we entered through the international gateway and we could hear them. And it was like, I don't think I ever noticed when they were gone. Like I didn't feel like there was an absence of it, but when it was back, I was like, and I said to my friend, I was like, but it sounds like Epcot now.
0: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she was like, yeah, you're right. It does. Yep. I I agree. I think that's, I think it's important. And I think it's also, it's one of those things that when folks are, you know, why do you go to Disney all the time? It's the things like this that, that make it a stand above uh, difference than other more local theme parks. It's, it's what I like more about Disney than I do with, say, well, shoot! Even Universal doesn't have nearly as much live entertainment as as Disney World does. Um, at least it doesn't feel like it. Um, but it's better than Six Flags. It's better than Hershey Park. I mean, uh, not that those there's anything wrong with those theme parks, but I think that's part of like the Disney difference, right? This is this is what we that those extra touches that make it stand out and be the premier destination for theme park enthusiasts. So. Yeah, I think that's all really excellent, excellent news. Um, Anything else coming back or that we need to talk about?
2: There is something very big that we will need to talk about, but I think we all need a little more time to digest the news and experience it ourselves. So you've probably if you're if you're in the Disney sphere, and I think if you're listening to this, you're a little you're you're keeping up a little bit with uh, Disney news. So they Disney did announce a few days ago. Uh, they gave more details about the Disney Genie Genie Plus Lightning Lane, which is going to be debuting on october 19th so coming up very quickly uh and we are going we've already talked about it we're going to dedicate an episode in digging into this uh but it's i'm still wrapping my head around all the differences and i know i'm going to say things incorrectly for a long time uh just getting this new terminology right so starting october 19th the the new disney genie system. I don't even want to call it a platform because it's going to be integrated into my Disney experience, but that is debuting very, very soon.
0: It is, um, October 19th, uh, is when Jeannie comes out and I, as a travel agent actually have a conversation, a conference, a call or whatever it is that they're doing to teach us, um, some information about this, uh, coming up this week. So once I have wrapped my head around it and have all that information down forthwith more information will come, we'll do an episode on it. We will also um, have some written information if you prefer to read or, you know, look at screenshots, we're going to do that as well. So we'll have all of that information coming. But um, this is a biggie. This is replacing FastPass uh, for for folks that um, just aren't really clear as to what it is, except that there's a charge to it this time. But we'll get into all those details later uh, once we know a little bit more official information.
2: Yes, and Patty did put into the Facebook group, there is a post um, where she has opened it up for people if you have questions to leave that in the comments. So if you have not seen that yet, or if you haven't joined our Facebook group, Jane, where can they find us?
1: You can find us on Facebook at No Guilt Disney. Yes, that is the name <laughs> of the group.
2: Yes. yes. And it's, that yes. it's <laughs> early. <laughs> <laughs> so go, go to the Facebook group um, like, if you have any questions and things you specifically want to know drop them in there and Patty will make sure she's including it in her, her post with all the FAQs about it and we'll make sure to address it um, when we record that episode
0: Yes, and also uh, joining that group will also get you the information as soon as we see it, as soon as we hear it, which should be soon, about some Run Disney updates for Wine and Dine. So even if you're not running Wine and Dine, but you're running Walt Disney World Marathon or Princess and you're just super curious what this experience is now going to look like, Uh, As soon as we get the info, we are going to post it and share in there. And then also, of course, we're going to talk about it because that's what we do. So just something some there's at least two big episodes coming up in the near future that we're going to have for you guys to listen to um, to run down those things. But um, yeah, that's it. There's going to be a big run Disney talk. There's going to be a big genie lightning lane genie plus my magic band plus oh my gosh like all the pluses <laughs> all the pluses uh you know what hey maybe run disney will come out with a run disney plus i'm just saying oh gosh i should not give them any suggestions should i yeah but but how
1: mad were they that fast pass plus was already used oh i know they had to like, be
0: like livid. <laughs> we can't use that so we're gonna use some other dumb name instead uh anywho obviously we have some issues with um naming of things but we'll we'll get into that so for now though let's go ahead and jump into what happened during the October 1st big bonanza celebration uh Jane was our roving reporter um there Jane where did what park did you start with?
1: Um, I did start, I checked in the day before the first, so that would have been September 30th, Mm -hmm. sorry. Um, And we started at Epcot that evening um, because we knew that they were doing a soft opening of Harmonious. And I had seen it via the Disney live stream the day before, so I wanted to go check it out myself.
0: Okay, so since we're starting in Epcot and we've talked about harmonious, let's first talk about that Disney live stream and the uh, responses that all of us had to it. Now, full disclosure for everybody who needs a little bit reminder of personalities here. uh, Patty is the person who does not care about these shows. (laughs) I have no attachment to previous shows at all at any time of the Disney parks. Like I, I, can't think of a single one that I'm like, you know, just, I miss it so much. Uh, close maybe is uh Disneyland's fireworks celebration that they did for the 60th anniversary. That one was really awesome. Um, but other than that, like, I'm, I'm just not, it's not my thing. It's not my gig. So I went into this fairly open-minded um, in the sense of like, I, I'm not comparing it to anything else. Meanwhile, we have Teresa, who might be on the opposite end of the spectrum, particularly when you are talking about Epcot. How do you feel about Epcot and the shows there?
2: So if you are new to the podcast, yes, you might not be aware that my favorite thing, my second favorite thing, I should excuse this, my second favorite thing in all of Walt Disney World of all time is Illuminations Reflections of Earth. I am very, very attached to that show. I Patty saw me, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see my reactions. You know, to to that leaving, she saw my reaction to watching uh, the Epcot Forever, which was kind of like the the intermission show that they did between Reflections of Earth and Harmonious Debuting. I am I am very attached to Epcot. I have very strong feelings about Epcot and some of the the changes over time to Epcot but as Patty's saying she wasn't really going to be comparing it to things i i can't help <laughs> but comparing it to previous to previous nighttime entertainment that has been at Epcot, um, and oh, I've got feelings. If you if you listen to our last episode with Jane and talking about the um the wreaths and the de- decor for Halloween, oh, I got feelings about Harmonious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there's Jane. Jane, where do you think you land on this uh, spectrum of, of 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 things here with it? Epcot specifically? Let's just narrow it to Epcot right now.
1: Well, I'm going to say two things. Um, so if you have listened for a while, you already know this. If you are new to the podcast, you will know uh, – you need to know that Epcot is one of my least favorite parks. I know. I know. I know, Teresa. I know. Um, she, but she's, it's,
2: she's been in a state of transition lately, so I'm like – it, it is. I can
1: respect <laughs> it. And I give it. And I give it a fair shot, um, but I am – I am a shows, parades, fireworks person. So um, the fact that I'm even friends with Patty is wild. <laughs> and um, we have fought about these things uh, on multiple occasions when we've been in the parks together. But um, I love Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. It, it holds uh, you know, a very special place in my heart. Tapestry of Nations from years ago is literally yes. my favorite Disney show ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um and like whenever I need a calming moment at home, that's what I turn on. So you know, if you ever need me to calm down, that's the ticket. <laughs>
0: I'm, um, I'm, I'm so the girl that's over where I land. I'm the girl over here doing the Mariah Carey. I don't know her face because <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. So okay, so we have we have feelings, we have thoughts, we have you know, th- this is the variety of 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 folks that you have to give you their responses. Now also very important to note, Jane is the only one that has seen this in person. And I think we all agree that with this kind of entertainment, being there and being surrounded by the lights, the sounds, even the crowds and the reactions and feeding off of that, it all matters. It all factors into how you walk away from a performance, um, at least it does for me. That's why I personally like to go to the big movies on opening night because I like being in that crowd and getting that reaction from everybody. Um, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with these things. I think seeing them in person is going to make a, it could possibly make a difference. It may not. You may think it's crap all along or you may love it now and you're going to love it even more when you get there. Like there's no wrong answers here. Um, but when this first came out, I did not watch Harmonious, mostly because, like I said, I just didn't care. <laughs> However, Jane and Teresa did. And the text messages back and forth, this was from the Disney Parks feed, uh, were pretty funny because it was essentially, uh, this is dull. This is uninspired. I'm so disappointed. Um, soulless it felt like rivers of light 2.0 uh you know things like that that's what we were saying to each other um after watching that first harmonious uh viewing so jane what happened when you saw it in person um So, first of all, I just
1: want to say that we waited, like, two and a half hours for this show because, you know, first nights, everybody's there, everybody's got to be first, me included, um, on our feet, and it was just like, oh, God, right? So we had, like, all these expectations, but also I had seen it the night before, so I was like, oh, this better be better than what I saw last night because that was really a hunk of poo, and... Within like four minutes, like the music came on, it was booming behind me and like four minutes into the show, I was like, guys, I'm crying. This is the greatest show ever.
0: (laughs) Yes. uh, Your actual tweet uh, text says, guys, I'm four minutes in and almost crying. (laughs) I'm
1: literally the worst person ever. I was so mad at him. I was like, they were right. Um, here's what I can tell you. Uh, look, this show is great. It is definitely an in-person show. It is not something you can watch on YouTube or like maybe you can after you've seen it in person a few times and now you're attached to it. So now it's easy for you to watch, but do not base any of your opinions off of a video because it is in order for you to see it, like you have to, see it in person. Like the camera can't really capture everything that you need to look at. The other thing is, um, this show, you need to be right up front. Like this is not like with illuminations, they would shoot into the sky and yes, you know, the globe opened and all that good stuff. So you had some stuff at the waterline, The barges that have the projections on them, while they are tall, they are not that tall from where you're standing. So you have to be one, two, three rows right from the front of that fence. Now, I don't know how those crowds will thin out over time. They may have already thinned out as of this recording, for all I know. I haven't been back yet. But for us, we were there two and a half hours before. We were about 15 feet from the front of the area, mostly because we were in like the little Italy area, the front of Italy. We had a table. We had a whole setup, of course. (laughs) Um, But it started to fill in and pack in with people. And like, you know, five minutes before showtime, people are pushing their way to the front, which don't be that person because I will come for you. (laughs) Um, And then you can't see. Like you literally can't see. So I was able to take a handful of photos because I would literally hold my camera up above my head and jump up, snap a photo, and like hope that I got it on my way down. <laughs> so um, I do recommend that if you really, really, really want to see this, you have to – if you start seeing people sitting around the lagoon, park your butt because you need, you need to see it. And I do think that it adds – to the whole, you know, the whole show, like you have to see the whole thing. Does it make up for the fact that those bargers are sitting out all day long in the view of Epcot? No, no, it does not. It mm-hmm. still does not. Mm-hmm. But the show is absolutely beautiful. So that's what okay. I have for you.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. First hand knowledge. So Teresa, what do you what are your thoughts on this from what you've seen? Or or do you or do you just prefer not to make any comment, real, you know, decisions <laughs> until make you do comments. see it in person. Make the we'll because- make the
2: comments, we'll we'll get us kicked off any, any possible list we could ever possibly be on, but we're gonna make the comments anyway. <laughs> so and I will I I will admit this is the my caveat, I have only seen the, the recordings, like the live streams that they did so that Disney Parks blog put out. And I know that in both cases, I don't even want to say that the recording quality wasn't the best, but I think both of the new shows are ones that cannot fully be appreciated you know from a a video versus being there in person and so Mm -hmm. i think i think both of these shows you if you have seen the video and you made an opinion it's definitely going to be worth seeing it in person and seeing if getting like just the full the full environment kind of changes your perspective i will Mm -hmm. i will admit to that however jane (laughs) one of the things you mentioned is one of my specific issues with this show is that One of the beautiful things about Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, was that you could appreciate it from wherever you were in World Showcase. And this is not the case with this show. I think that if you are spending this much money and if you are redoing something for the 50th and supposed to make it, you know, this big, impressive feature of your you know of your reopening even though it's you know they weren't expecting the 50th to kind of be a big you know reintroduction for people to the parks that's kind of what it's become uh i think the fact that if there's a very very limited areas that you can see the show and actually be able to fully appreciate it i think that is such like such a downturn move i i hate the fact that you either have to be, you know, in a very specific place around World Showcase to get the experience, because that there, there you don't have 360 views of these different barges or even the central piece. I hate that you like you're limited to a few specific areas to get like the best experience, and that you also have to be, you know, right up front. I. I don't know. I don't. I don't love that they are kind of boxing you into like. Well, if you want to see the show, you have to spend this many more hours. You know, just kind of sitting there waiting when you could be doing other things. And A then, thousand like,
0: percent. That's like no, my biggest gripe about it as well. I yeah, because I won't do it. I don't care enough about these shows to do it. So
2: well, and I think if the if. I just I don't have a good opinion of the show right now too because I when they initially announced it you know number one we all know I was just not a fan of putting I don't love IP in EPCOT (laughs) this is not a secret I don't love them just kind of finding all of the opportunities to fit different Disney characters and music and whatever into Epcot. That's just not not my favorite thing. Um, so I was really disappointed when they announced this show and that it's strictly going to be, it's just going to be Disney songs. Um, I came around a little bit when they mentioned that they were going to kind of do some of it in the style and have representation of the the different cultures that you can find within World Showcase. But then even seeing the show, it feels like they kind of forgot that. Partway through, Like, there were a few where they had those songs, you know, sung in, in the different languages that, you know, the actual language that the the movie itself was based in. But it just seems like that they forgot partway through the show, that's what they were doing. And the show itself just felt so lackluster. It didn't feel like it had a, a cohesive story to it. And then it just ended. <laughs> like, when, when they, like, the end, I don't know, it was just very unimpressive. And then the brand, I'm like, goodbye. At the end just threw me off so much i'm like what what just happened uh, i i don't know i'm like i the show itself it didn't i even not seeing it in person i just don't love the like having listened to the show i don't love it so yeah i might i will see it in person and see if my feelings change uh but because the show to me was so lackluster And the fact that, you know, Jane mentioned that, you know, you have those barges there 24-7, I, it's not worth it at all to like have that destroying your views, you know, world showcase where like the, as long as it exists, I, it just doesn't, the two don't balance out for me at all.
1: So I will say that I felt the same way about the music the very first time when I saw it on the live stream. Um, Like I said, I'm big into shows and music and all that. And I was—I didn't like that um, they were singing in other languages, mostly because I understand that they're trying to incorporate it with world Showcase. And actually, I changed my mind when I saw it in person. I actually really loved it. But my biggest thing is I like to sing with my terrible voice, and so I'm singing along, and I'm singing along, and I'm being—I'm being our guest. And then all of a sudden it's in another language. So now I just feel like I don't know the words. Um, So I know that they're trying to encourage people to maybe learn the words in another language. But uh, that was one of my biggest things. But in person, it does, it does change. Like it does feel a little bit more Epcotty, even with the IP that's in there. So um, I look forward to your reaction
2: <laughs> right now my feeling is they should have just left um epcot forever and celebrate it like we'll get into this more too but i'm like these these 50th celebrations 50th celebration of walt disney world none of them seem to have anything to do with the parks
0: sister yes like that is that is that is my complaint about all three of the shows that we're going to talk about today um, that they were billed as entertainment specifically for the 50th anniversary. And yet there's nothing that ties the 50th to this. So that's my nostalgic patty disney loving heart kind of hat on is i feel like if you were billing this as brand new entertainment for the 50th then we should have some acknowledgement um some some throwback some some something right um that kind of incorporated that and i think that was a huge miss um particularly since this is supposed to be a temporary show um well, actually, Harmonious maybe isn't. I'm thinking um, I'm jumping ahead to Enchantment that I think is only supposed to be a temporary show. But anyway, regardless, you could say it about both of them is that's that is something that I agree with you on that purpose. Now, if Harmonious is not supposed to be 50th Entertainment, like it is going to be around for the next 10 years, from that perspective, I am okay with what the show is offering um as somebody who doesn't love shows i watched it um i actually didn't watch the disney parks um viewing because everybody seemed to feel like it it was maybe edited or like i don't know going in and out in in a not the best ways, or I don't know what the, the answer it is. It had terrible cinematography. Okay, that's yeah, it. Like I said, yeah. I if you're
2: showing a firework show, Like you can't be zooming in on different parts because that's not like that's not what your eyes are seeing yeah. when you're there. So I think yeah. they, they did not do themselves a favor.
0: So I found something else on YouTube and watched it there. Um, it did still like go- get closer and then back out and get closer and back out, but I don't think as much. So I felt like I got a little bit more of like the entire show. And my feelings on when I finally did watch the show um, are very similar to what I'm going to say about enchantment. So you guys can just copy and paste this into our enchantment discussion in a few minutes. But it's fine. It's, it's fine. Like, I think it's, especially if you are somebody who is, um, like this is your first Walt Disney World trip ever. Or maybe your first one in five, six, seven, eight years, or the first one since you were a kid. There is, there are, there are no other shows out there in theme parks that can hold a candle to what Disney is putting on. And I think both Harmonious and Enchantment live up to um, the level of quality in the sense that you're still head and shoulders above a Six Flags or a Hershey Park or whatever, right? You're still very, very good. Like you're still giving us something that you're not going to get at different theme parks. Um, so from that perspective, I liked the show. What was very distracted for me and what I did not like uh, were the arms. Like what was up with those? Why were, what, what? What purpose were those arms? I don't know, but- I'm just like flailing about while we're
1: talking about it,
0: right? I mean, <laughs> I, I am too, as I'm like describing it, I'm doing my hands up and down, and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I, I don't like them. i don't I don't like the arms. I really did like um the the choices that they made for this show. It fit with World showcase. Well, to me, I loved actually hearing all the songs in different languages. Uh, I think that's really cool. And I am excited that they took that step and recognized like, you know, why have this song that's from the Chinese movie Milan without including some Chinese singing in it. Right. So I really loved that aspect of it. And I think it also uh, fits well (laughs) again for the general American park goer. um, Epcot for most of us, this may be what we are exposed to, you know, internationally for a long time, or maybe the only time we're ever exposed to anything internationally in our lives, because we're just not travelers. Right. And I am raising my hand. I've never left the country except to go to Mexico, Tijuana, like once. Oh, I've been to Canada too. I guess I've gone, I've gone to to both of those, but anyway. Oh, and Jamaica. I keep forgetting. Anyway, point being, I'm not a huge like international traveler, right? I would love to be. It just hasn't been in the cards to happen. So, For me to feel a connection to some of these countries that are in Epcot's World Showcase through these songs, through these movies, yes, I get it. It is not good enough. It is not truly exposing you to the great big world out there, but it's a little something. And for some folks, that may be all they get. And in that case, I think that taking these... Familiar shows and movies, and using those music, that music, and and those words to those songs, and tying it uh, to these other countries, so that then you are like, oh, uh, you know, Arabian Nights or whatever. Let's go to Morocco. I want to go check this out. I, I I can just see how that how it ties in, and it could change someone's perspective about exploring more of world showcase. So for that perspective, I think it's a success. Where the hits, where it's definitely a, a miss, though, I am I still don't think the show was worth these barges to sit out there forever and ever. Like, if the barges left and came out again, like, you know, it used to happen with um, Reflections, I'd have very, very few complaints. I'd be, I would be completely fine with this, even though I don't get what those arms are supposed to be doing. Like, I still think they're dumb, but I could deal with it. If it left, (laughs) if after the show was over, it all went away, and the next morning I could come out and see the beautiful World Showcase Lagoon again, I miss that. I miss that view. I miss that feeling of zen looking out there. Now we just see these big hunk of barges, and they're ugly, and they're awful. And so, yeah, I am with you on, like, that's not worth it. So I wish that would go away.
1: They do put up the 50th anniversary logo on the tacos during the day. <laughs> I mean, really? What could be better than that? Who needs a view of the other side?
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Anyway, um, so that, so there's that. Uh, the other thing I want to point out that I was disappointed with is, uh, one of my favorite moments from, um, Flipping over to Walt Disney or Disneyland where there was a water show called World of Color, which has been quiet now for quite some time. Um, but one of my favorite parts of the the original World of Color was um, Brave and where um, she rode the horse, uh, you know, and they across the s- touch the sky and everything. And that song is just so Like it's gorgeous and it's just so underused in my opinion. And I just feel like they did the brave section dirty (laughs) in this show. I don't, we get like, we get her hair all over these screens. I don't know. It just, it didn't do it for me. And I was disappointed in that. But other than that, like, I like the songs. I like the choices. I liked everything um, that they chose here for Harmonious. um, And I thought it was well done. So uh, I will go see it. Maybe with Teresa. Maybe maybe we'll sit and I'll get to watch watch her. Um. <laughs> she won't be recording the show. She will be nope. recording my reaction. Which... <laughs> I will be recording Teresa's horror. Join as... the Facebook group for that live stream. <laughs> that's right. Um, as she watches this live uh, during Wine and Dine, that's kind of our plan. So we'll see how that goes. Um so yeah, so that was Epcot. How was the rest of the day on the 1st in Epcot? Did you guys ride Ratatouille that day? Or since you'd already done it, did you skip it? What was your feelings? That's kind of a 50th anniversary opening day thing. So um,
1: so we on the 1st, we were there on the 30th. So we did not go to Epcot on the 1st. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so no, I did not do any of that. We did go to Epcot on the 2nd. Uh, and I, I would like to just let everybody know that um, two things. One, I'm uh, pretty much convinced that there are zero capacity issues. We are 100% back to full capacity. Um, and second, there is zero social distancing. Mm-hmm. Le- maybe less than zero, if that's an option. <laughs> Um, so I just want to prepare people for that, uh, because I think that kind of snuck up on us pretty quickly. Like, I know it's been a little crowded and such, but, um, this was, this was definitely more than I've seen.
0: Okay, and this is also, just as a reminder, I'm going to throw this back to those that are still concerned or still wondering, like, is the wine and dine going to happen? Y'all, it is. Like, oh, the it's biggest, Yeah, the biggest issue with the Run Disney um, product, in my opinion, was always the crowds and how they were going to deal with people running and being packed into the corrals and whatever. And this um, October 1st celebration proved that – Disney's not social distancing anymore. It is not a concern of theirs. So if it's a concern of yours, that's a whole other story, but it's not a concern of Disney's. And therefore you can expect wine and dine, I think to look uh, fairly, I mean, um, they, unless they surprise me, I think it's going to look fairly normal. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Um. So the one other thing that I know Teresa would love to talk about in Epcot the magical beacons of what is what is the real name before I call it glowy perfectness
2: (laughs) I think glowy perfectness is an appropriate name um but is beacons of of magic um which is the the new lighting package that all four of the park icons are getting this lighting package beacons of magic but spaceship earth is clearly the best one (laughs)
1: So um, I will say that I have not seen it up close because I generally enter at um, International Gateway and I'm too lazy to walk all the way across the park at that hour. Uh, But I did see it from my spot in Italy while I was watching Harmonious and guys, it's beautiful, beautiful. And it's so clear and the colors are so crisp and it changes and I thought it was just really, really special. And I was
0: very happy
1: that it wasn't a hand with a wand.
0: (laughs) Right. Or slap a hat on top of it and call it good. Yeah. (laughs) Give it some Mickey ears. No, seriously. So, yeah, when when I started seeing these pictures coming out – I was stunned. Um, I mean, I think we can almost universally all of the Disney community is going to agree that this was beautiful and it was perfect. And um, th- my only question, my only concerns is, uh, you know, please don't let any of these lights fail. And if they do fail, y'all fix them immediately. Like, don't let them sit there for two weeks with like this, you know, big hole in the middle of the project. Because it would just ruin the effect. Um for what what it is. and right now it is just stunning. It is so beautiful.
1: It is. Um, and we did think that there were one or two lights out in a couple of like the scenarios that they because they run through these like different lighting packages. So you get to see it like change a, a bunch of times. And in a few of them it was like, is that light out? like because you can tell now. Um, so I hope that, like you said, I hope that they just fixed it the next day and went on their merry way, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, re- it's really spectacular.
0: Yeah. It's, it looks great. And, and so the other locations where you're going to be able to see this beacons of magic, uh, the tree of light, right?
1: hmm Tree of life. Um, the tower of terror has beacons of light and, the castle. the castle has beacons of light. Yeah.
0: And honestly, um, I liked the Tower of Terror, what they've done there. Um, it's kind of cool, especially if you know the the storyline behind the Tower of Terror. Uh, there's dancers up in the Tip Top Club, um, which was where the the elevator was going <laughs> at the time of this, the, the big explosion and crash, or at least according to the movie that I finally got to watch. Um, <laughs> that's what the story is. So, um, so I really do. I, I do like that one, um, but the other two were not, I don't know. They just, they didn't, they didn't stand out as much or they weren't as impressive to me as um, for sure. Epcot is like the, the clear winner. The clear and I'm winner.
2: curious if um, with, encanto coming out in a few weeks there are some things in the trailers that i've seen where there's something that does look visually very similar to the tree of life Mm. so i am wondering if like as time goes on they will because you know disney likes to plus things as they say not just putting the plus symbol they actually like to enhance things (laughs) as it goes on so i i'm wondering if after that debuts if there will be just some other little touches that go to kind of tie it back. But they're, I remember watching the trailer, and I'm like, oh, that looks very Tree of Life-ish to me.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what happens there and, and what they decide to do. Uh, all right. Uh, should we swap over to Magic Kingdom now? Sure can. All right, let's do it. So over in Magic Kingdom, we have uh, the new show, the new fireworks show called Enchantment. And this is um, taking place of a once maligned, now beloved, (laughs) happily ever after, which took the place of the ever popular Wishes. Um, So it's been some drama when it comes, you know, I, I tell you, Disney fans like do not mess with their fireworks. They, they fall in love, they get attached, and then you go and take it away from them and they get real big mad. So there was a lot of drama, of course, on social media about the show and um, about people's feelings about it. Uh, Again, Jane, you saw it in person, so we'll get your review on it. I've watched it um, on YouTube. I did watch the Disney Parks version, but I also parked I also watched a different version of it just to see if it was, I don't know, uh, recorded differently, better whatever. And here's my issue with enchantment. It's not so much that it's an issue with enchantment. It's that enchantment and harmonious had a lot of the same properties being used. Like neither one of them stood out to me. So, you know, I, I prefer the visual, uh, show of watching the um the castle change and the fireworks behind the castle and of course tinkerbell coming out that's my preference um between the two but that was kind of my disappointment was i wish that this enchantment i have more disappointment with enchantment than i do with harmonious like i wish that harmonious kind of makes sense with the choices that they made, but they used a, a lot of the same IP in this one, which I, I love the IPs. Like, don't get me wrong. I, you can never give me too much princess and the frog. I actually really, really like that movie. And I love Moana and I love the songs from Moana. So again, no hate there. It's just that um, they feel like, I don't know. They just kind of feel like not exactly the same, but very similar. And as we, we have already mentioned, Teresa and I both said that we wish that this castle show had a little bit more nostalgia to it, had a little bit more um, tied into actually the 50th of this park, and especially if this is just a temporary eighteen to two year, eighteen month to two year, you know, fireworks show, the fact that they didn't do that <sighs> was so dumb. I mean, I just I don't understand the thought thinking behind it. The show itself, I am fine with. I don't hate the show. Um, But again, I am that person who doesn't have attachment to the previous shows. Um, I went and saw The Very Last Wishes. And then the next night saw the very first Happily Ever After. And both of them, I was entertained and amused and impressed. And I don't think I ever went back and saw Happily Ever After again on purpose. (laughs) Um, Because that's who I am. I'm just that it's not something that I find important to like stop and watch all the time. So, um, that being said, that's my take on it is, is it's okay. It's just uninspired, um, from the sense of, I wish it had been something different, but the fact is it's not what we wanted. It's not, but it is what we got. And it's, it's okay. I I felt, I felt some emotions. I felt, I felt a little something, something going on. I, you're not going to see anything like this again in any other parks. They have, you know, all up and down Main Street. You had projections going. That's a very cool experience to have. Um, so, yeah, I I was okay with this. Um, maybe I will feel different in person. Maybe I will love it, love it, love it in person. I don't know. But um, that was kind of my thinking on it. Um, Teresa, what about you before we get to Jane's actual impressions?
2: So my favorite Castle Park fireworks show of all time is Remember Dreams Come True, which is what Disneyland received for their 50th. So, and we kind of, like said, Betty and I both touched on this, anything less than that for Walt Disney World's 50th was not going to be enough for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've established that's not what this is. Um, I wish they had gone in a different direction, so knowing that they didn't try to to separate my feelings from what I would have liked to have to what we did get mm-hmm. and i my initial reaction to this after watching the live stream was i don't love it but i can see it growing on me i never had a big attachment to wishes and when Happily Ever After debuted, I was like, it's fine. It's, you know, not not a bad replacement for Wishes. But I definitely, I came around to it much more after seeing it in person. And I think the, you know, the the title song for that is fantastic. Like, I, you can't help not singing Happily Ever After. Like, it's a great
0: song. <laughs> uh, so I, I will definitely give the song choice to Happily Ever After. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed.
2: Uh, so, watching Enchantment, like I said, I think it's one that could grow on me, especially seeing it in person. I remember when we were discussing it before it debuted. I had heard somewhere, or some, like you know, some other blog had alluded to it was only going to feature. Music from the films of the last decade or so. So I was very, very happy when that proved to not be true. Um, And there was a whole sequence with Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia. And there was a lot of other, I was like, how can you not have, you know, songs from these classic Disney films on your Castle Park, especially if you're celebrating the 50th anniversary of something? Like, how can you only do like the most recent? songs in your catalog that doesn't make sense so I was very happy that, that that was incorrect information so I think that helped me appreciate the actual show that I saw a little bit more uh, but it's just one I didn't connect with it I couldn't even sing to you or hum any any of like the actual enchantment song Like I, I it hasn't stuck with me yet it's one I, I'm going to give it a chance and I think this could grow on me but it's fine
0: it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Um, that was that was my thinking as well. All right, Jane, hit us. Uh, what did you think about your uh, – what did you think going into it? And then what was your experience when you actually watched it? Were they different? Was it the same? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. If, I just remember us talking about um, Harmonious in particular. But I can't remember us talking about this one uh, as it was happening. So tell me what you saw and uh, in, in what you thought.
1: Y'all, I have so many thoughts that I need to share with you. I'm going to pull up my big old soapbox on this one.
0: Too. <laughs> Let's go.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I did not watch the live stream of this. This was streamed the night that I was at Harmonious. However, I did have to run home to pick something up. And on the way back, while I was driving back, oh my gosh, look, we can see the fireworks while we're driving down the road. So then because I'm extra, my passenger pulls up the live stream, we plug it into my phone. So now we've got the music and the fireworks going while I'm driving. I may not have gone to where I was supposed to be going because I just kept driving to see fireworks. And it was like, make right, go left, go this way, wait, go turn around. Like it was a mess. Um, So I did get that sneak preview, but it is clearly not the same as seeing it in person. Um, We did wait on October 1st for hours and hours (laughs) to see this show um, in the middle of Main Street. And uh, there are – one of my things was when I saw Happily Ever After originally, I saw it on opening night. I saw it in the middle of Main Street. And I was like, it's fine. It's just okay. I'm a wishes person through and through. I will always be a wishes person. To be honest, my very favorite firework show is Disneyland Forever, um, which was for the 60th at Disneyland. I knew that nothing is ever going to be that firework show. So I Mm -hmm. came in with expectations below that. This show is great. (laughs) And I try to take off the fact that If you're listening to this podcast or if you're a part of this podcast, we are surrounded by people who are so specific to the Disney community and we come with our thoughts and opinions and everything is compared to something else that's Disney. And at Disney World, we are not the norm. So the norm is the person that comes every three years. Like Patty says, they're the people that... They travel to other places and then they come here and they're like, wow, that is a great show Mm -hmm. because they're not comparing it to the other Disney shows. And I feel like this first weekend, everyone with the opinions, we're we're all the same people, right? We're all the same ones. We go to the parks day in and day out. We come multiple times a year. We've seen every show. We've eaten every food. Like, so we come with all the opinions. And if you just stop the comparison aspect of it, the show's amazing, It's great. The projections up and down Main Street are super fun. Like, what happens on the castle? The projections on the castle are beautiful. They're, like, more crisp than Happily Ever After. The song itself is super catchy. And it actually kind of has a little nod to Disneyland Forever. So I love that. And it sings about how you are the magic. I think... Everyone is very like oh, the show isn't great. In three months, people are going to be like, "Yeah, the show really grew on me. It's great," and we're all going to be singing about you know, you are the magic, <laughs> and you know all of that. And in eighteen months, we're going to cry when it leaves, and that's just how Disney goes. So I really, really, really want to encourage people to come see the show, really go into it with an open mind. It's a great show. It's a lot of fireworks. It's a lot of big fireworks. And like, I just, I think it is appropriate for what it's supposed to be. I do agree with you that a lot of the music does mix over. To harmonious and so it's like, guys, we had this whole catalogue of music and we had to use the same twelve songs. Thank you. So Thank there you. There is some of that. Yeah. Um, and and there's I some and new that versions.
0: Yeah. They, they are. And I, I mean I, I, like I said, it's not a it's not a copy paste job. It's not an exact duplicate or anything. But that was just the thing is like um I think you again, you're Disney, you have so much at your fingertips and you could have dug a little deeper and come up with something different. But you didn't. So yeah,
1: are. I agree with that. Um, and I do think that I I just <laughs> I just think that this show is great for what it is. And I, I also think that I know we all want it to be the 50th and the nostalgia and whatever, but really as a whole, Disney World isn't the nostalgia. Mm-mm. Disneyland is. Mm-hmm. We all know that, and it's why every person on this podcast loves Disneyland better. And <laughs> many of our listeners out there agree. Disney World is a commercialized Disneyland, so everything we're going to get is going to be a commercialized version of Disneyland, and that is what this is. See, I'm a, so but I'm going
2: to disagree because you know I am. I am the the nerd on this one. Who is I'm like Disney World history is. Fantastic and amazing. And the only reason it's like Disney Corporation has made the choice for it to not be about the nostalgia as much like that's not i think there are plenty of us who are very much you know disney world history buffs who do love digging into those details it's
0: not that the history doesn't exist or that the history isn't there it's that this um this like realm of business is business this is their big massive money maker yes it's you got that's you know what Jane, look at you. This is perfect. You put Roy, who was the money guy, all along through all of their history, and he was the one that put this part together. In a sense, like Roy and Chapik probably would have been buddies, right? (laughs) They would have been like- Oh, no, let's not. Oh, I got you, man. I got you. No, no, no. You got to think about it from a business perspective and the whole point. That's, That's what the Roy and- Walt's like relationship to me uh, melded and worked so well together is because Roy kept, you know, Walt's grounded just a smidge, but uh, still allowed him to soar within you know those expectations. And so I love that comparison of Roy's Park versus Walt's Park. It doesn't make me love Walt Disney World any different, to be honest. I but I, but I do Correct. think that was the way I was looking at this myself when I was looking at these shows. Is I was thinking not of us the the big passionate Disney community who happily spend fourteen hundred dollars on our annual passes and we will use the crap out of them you know and and go and often and 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 just go all the time that that's not who their target audience at this park in particular is and I and I think that I think I think some of that is leeching over to Disneyland but we can talk about that another day but anyway. I do think that 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 Jane's right is that this this particular park is the cash cow, the money maker, the business perspective, and so that's what they're looking at, and that's what they're that's what they're doing, and that's what their decisions are made. They are taking the heart; they don't have to, but it is a choice they are making, and I don't like that choice either. I completely understand, Teresa, but I do think that if you were to look at the numbers, there's a smaller amount, there's such a small amount of us that go to Disney world every year that actually care about those things versus the amount of one-timers or people that are coming once every three or four years or once in a lifetime. And those are the people that they are catering to at this park. And so I, I got to agree with them there. It's not that there's not an awesome and amazing history at Disney world at all. And that's not what Jane was saying. I don't think. Um, no, and it should be preserved and we should talk about it and we should enjoy those things. Like, I agree. Like when you take some of those parts and pieces out, yeah, you, you strip things down that make Disney parks in general, you know, important and, and different and special. And so I, I don't want to see any of that going, but I do strongly see the correlation here. And as we all know, bottom line, No matter how attached we are personally to any of this stuff, it is a business and it's going to be there to make money. And if we don't love the direction they're going in, the best way that we can vote is with our wallets by not going, (laughs) by not buying the expensive tickets, by not staying at their expensive hotel rooms, Uh, by definitely sending emails and letters and letting the higher ups know why you're you know, your, your visiting is changing. They will do that with what they choose or if they see it. But I honestly feel like particularly in this park, it's all about the bottom line.
1: So now I'm going to do basically the complete opposite of everything I just talked about. Ready? (laughs) Go for it. So October first, right? We uh, we had made a big plan. We were going to get up super early. We were going to go to the parks, and we were we were there early for us because, you know, we're late people. We don't do the rope drop thing, um, and but we were there way later than everybody else. We arrived about I don't know seven fifteen. It was before the quote unquote resort early entry time, and um, the park was packed. Uh, There were virtual queues for shopping uh, at the Emporium. They had one day only merchandise that was back at the big top in what is that area called? Storybook Circus. I wanted to call it Circus Circus because my friend is going to Vegas. And so I have Vegas on the mind. But um, it was crazy, right? So it was like super busy, absolutely crazy. Like everybody was there for merch. Um, Lines were, you know, winding through lands to get popcorn buckets and all this good stuff um wait times were walk-ons literally walk-ons everywhere all day like and the one thing we went in knowing that we didn't care if we rode rides we didn't care um, somewhat about merchandise. We actually did get some merchandise. Um, one of the one of my friends I was with, she like loved merchandise. She pounded that virtual queue all day long till she got herself a spot, and I, you know, commend her for that. But like, w- we weren't gonna fight with people. Like that's just it's just not our nature. We're very happy to sit and people watch. But we live here, and we can do this all the time, and that's like our gig. But I will say. If you sat and like watched the park and just sort of walked around, there was a different feeling that day, and the park was not filled with people on their only vacation with their families with big huge this with big. It was filled with and people that get a lot of hate podcasters, Instagrammers, influencers, bloggers, right? All all the people that people are like, oh, I hate them. But they were all there. Every single person in this park was dressed for the 50th from like, even if it was just a simple t-shirt that said, you know, Disney world 50th or something they bought, you know, in Emporium that morning, there wasn't anyone in this park that didn't understand the significance Of being there on this day. Mm -hmm. And for that, that was so cool to be like, oh, everyone is here for for this reason. Like, they're not here because it's just another day on a seven-day vacation. They're here for this purpose. And I don't share this a lot, but my dad is a – he's a cast member at Magic Kingdom. And – You know, we talk a lot. Like, I'll be like, oh, how was your day? You know, when I talk to him and he's always like, oh, it's good. Like, my dad really loves his job. He's a photo pass photographer. He loves interacting with guests. So he's always like, oh, it's fine. Generally, the conversations we have are, oh, it was hot. He'll tell me what areas he was in for the day. You know, it's very general stuff. He texted me on that day because we had seen him earlier in the morning. And he said, I had the best day today. He said, all of these guests were amazing. I'm like, that, to me, it just told the story. I was like, that's how we felt. We felt like everybody was connected. So no nostalgia or nostalgia, right? Like, the people that get it, get it. So, Teresa, we get you.
2: <laughs> no, and I think, like I said, I, I definitely shaping. agree. Does not catch you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know that. A thousand percent, we know that. (laughs) No, I, I think you, like I said, absolutely hit the nail on the head. I feel like because, I mean, we saw how early on those Magic Kingdom park reservations went for the first and even how quickly, because it's also, you know, we're talking about the 50th of Walt Disney World, 50th of Magic Kingdom, October 1st is also the Epcot anniversary, you know, not not a significant year for Epcot that's coming up next year, but it was, you know, this, this was such an important day for the Magic Kingdom in particular, being the 50th anniversary. And I think it's no surprise how many people wanted to be there. And the people who are the most passionate about Disney parks were there in the Magic Kingdom on that day because they've known, you know, I remember initially like on the 40th being like, you know, I would love to be there on the 50th. There are people who have been planning this for a long, long time. And I, i am so happy that you got to be there on that day you know just as a chance to not not just be there and be part of the environment and be there to celebrate you know here's a thing I love but just kind of getting to have that communal experience with other people who feel the same way I think that's this wasn't about you know just celebrating the park itself it's about the you know the reason that we go to things like d23 expo it's being in that environment with other people who kind of like this has been a life-changing place for them and it goes beyond the rides and the shows it's all about you know it's a place that you connect with and let you be you in all of your glory uh because you know this is the thing that brought the three of us together right this isn't just it's not just a place we go it's something that we love and i think that being there on october 1st like i said it's it's the right people who get this entire experience and I I can only imagine what it was like all kind of being together in one place and despite some of the the things that may have gone wrong you know just kind of being there I'm I'm can't you know I'm sad I missed it but I am glad you got to be a part of it
0: I mean, I actually talk to people. Like I talk (laughs) to strangers. Well, if you, if you look at this, and this is what those of us who are big in the Disney community, um, this is why we are. This is the why we are the way we are. Y'all, Jane just cried on the podcast. I don't know if you quite caught this. Well, I didn't fully moment. cry, but I teared up. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard it in you. Yeah, I heard it in you. But this is also, if you think, if you want to throw this back, the You Are the Magic, that's the song, right, in um, Disney's Enchantment. And I think that that just says a lot because at times where I'm like, you know, Chapik and the moneymakers, they don't get us. Mm, somebody out there does, right? Cause look what happens, right? Um, but that is one of their things that they're pushing, and they're the magic is calling, and you are the magic, and you make the magic, and the cast members are, are really pumped up right now about all of this. And I, I, I think that um, that feeling is there and is always going to be there in this community, and, and it is special and it is important. And I definitely, I had uh, originally had plans, I had reservations for this anniversary visit, and I canceled them. And that was just a personal decision. Um, I decided I didn't want to be in the crush of crowds that because I knew I would want to be at Magic Kingdom, if there was some big to do that was going to happen on opening day, I wanted to be there. But with COVID and all of this stuff. I'm just not comfortable in big crowds as much as I once was. I used to love crowds and I'm just not there yet. Someday, hopefully, I'll get there. But right now, that's just not my thing. And so I went ahead and canceled this. And when I was seeing the pictures of the crowds, I knew that was the right choice for me. But to Jane's point, and I think it was no more. I mean, it was just clear and it was obvious of who was there that day versus who wasn't. And I think you're a thousand percent correct. It wasn't the vacation goer who's coming in for the first time in three or four years. It was all of us diehards because where were the lines? Where were the backups? It wasn't at Big Thunder Mountain, which had like a 10 minute walk on basically all day long yeah it was for the merchandise. It was for the special stuff that you could get that day and only that day for being there. and um, like you know, and, and then it was to sit and watch this show come out for the first time the fireworks show to come out for the first time. and what how many how many hours in advance did you guys line up for that? Do you remember?
1: Um so I wanted to see it from the middle of Main Street because I wanted to see the main Street projections. And, um, I had made friends with a cast member and I was like, so at what point can I just like sit down in the middle of main street? (laughs) I don't mean on the curb. I mean, like directly in the middle of main street. Um, and they were kind of looming about and they were like, well, we can't exactly give you a time, but if you just hang out here, You'll see when things happen. (laughs) Um, And as it turned out, they were like, why don't you just go stand on that sidewalk over there? And then uh, this lovely cast member that we had been talking to, like, he was like, ma'am, come here, come here. And he was like, "Okay, sit down and now I will close the road. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. (laughs) Um, But it was seven o'clock was the time that we sat and the show didn't start, I think, until nine or nine fifteen. Um, but we also got to see the beacons of magic show on the castle, which it runs like every 20 minutes and it's, you know, some projections and some light up and some ooing and eyeing over how pretty the castle is, which she is, she's gorgeous with her little projections. Um, but like not spaceship earth, mm-hmm. um, like it's cute and it's definitely like cute to like entertain you while you're waiting for the fireworks. I would say that I liked seeing them on main street. I like seeing the fireworks on main street. I definitely would see it next time a little bit closer. Uh, maybe towards like Casey's ish. And, and I was further back towards like Ariva's brothers. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, and I do just want to say when I talk about people were dressed, Um, Y'all know how I'm obsessed with Michael Does Disney on Instagram, because I'm nuts. First of all, he walked around all day long in a sequin tuxedo jacket. Like, people were dressed, (laughs) y'all. Then there was one man who we saw him multiple times, and I loved this guy. You know, there's a lot of stereotypes. And... This guy was like, you know, the big Jersey, like he reminded me of like Jersey Shore. Like I'm from, I'm from the Northeast. I like, I understand like the Jersey Shore quote unquote type, not necessarily like the show, but similar, you know, big guy. He was definitely like doing his thing. He was in a full printed shirt and shorts that had the castle all over it in its 50th glory. Like just a... (laughs) full I was like you would never see this anywhere else right 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 (laughs) like (laughs) and it was just like it was things like that that were so great and like everyone was just like oh my god I love your ears where did you get them oh I got this from this small shop and like everybody was just trading information and it was cool it was just a super cool experience um I would say when we talk about first day experiences, Patty and I have done this before and I think it was on the Fangirls podcast. We talked about the opening of Galaxy's Edge and why we do first days. Go back and, and listen to that podcast because that's exactly what this was like. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You know. First day feels. First day feels. Yeah. And it's it's a big deal. And it's cool and it, it is fun to do. There's just a lot of people and I can't do people right now. Man, I'm gonna have a hard time in those Ryan Disney crowds. I'm just <laughs> gonna put that out there right now. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some some booze beforehand. Right. I might I might need to, might need to have a little something to calm my nerves. Oh, um, but anyway. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's definitely that was an experience. Um, some of the bad things that happened um, for the 50th anniversary, while you know the feeling and overall positiveness may have been there, I know um, the reports of like if you wanted to eat, you were out of luck because getting food was absolutely a nightmare. It turns out, um, yes and no. Okay. Um, yes I, and no. I have friends who said that they ordered food at Pecos bills and they didn't get it for five hours. Um, that's not normal. <laughs> like normally that's just not the case that happens. So tell me what your experience that was with the food.
1: So at 10 AM we were like, Hey, maybe we should put in our lunch order because it's going to take some time. We happened to be in Tomorrowland. We ordered from cosmic rays. The opening time was 11 o'clock. We had an 11 o'clock window um, we actually had two orders. There was one for like 11 and one for like eleven ten or something. The 11 o'clock order came out. The eleven ten order didn't like the 11 o'clock order came out, but everything was delayed. And we kind of expected that to begin with. Um, cause we've had issues with cosmic rays before where we know that they ran like an hour behind. They were running an hour behind the, um, 11 o'clock order came out at 12 o'clock at 1230, um, one of the girls that was with me had to go and find a manager to find the second order because it was like, guys, we've been here forever and like we're still waiting for somebody to eat. Um, so what they had said was, and you could see all the food was made and it was all in these heated warmers like waiting to be handed out and I've seen this before with them, I think they have an issue where the system just gets overloaded, and they can't notify people that their food is ready. Mm. So um, yeah, so that was a disaster. So we had actually made plans to leave and go back to our hotel and take a nap. And then we were going to eat in the hotel for dinner before we came back. And while we were back at the hotel, we got called for the virtual queue for merch. So half our party went back in the park. We were like, well, I guess we're not having dinner at the hotel now. So we went back into the park and we ordered Pecos bills at five o'clock and it was like 15 minutes. It was ready.
0: Yeah. The Pegas bills thing where it was somebody who ordered more around traditional the lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, and I saw multiple reports of that. That's just an actual friend of mine that I knew it happened to. So I knew that um, it wasn't, you know, some bus driver's cousins, friends, sister <laughs> rumor <laughs> that you see all over the internet. That one, I actually knew like happened. Um, and I saw a couple of folks like chime in on her thread on Facebook, talking about it. So, um, so yeah, that, that's the thing. And, and like, like you said, I don't know if it's the system or if it's maybe a staffing issue that, that you know the parks are going through. Um, as to your point, feeling that the parks are back up to 100% capacity, um, maybe the parks are, but the staffing isn't. And yes. therefore, that's why situations like this were happening. So a good thought process is, is if you are looking to eat, try to eat at um, – and traditional times <laughs> go ahead and put that lunch order in at 10 30 or as soon as it opens up and you can because that may save you some heartache um, if you're trying to order at noon along with everybody else you may not be eating till two or three so
2: everybody yeah. just really wanted to get the uncle orville ice cream in a bathtub i mean who can blame them for that
0: <laughs> that one was very cute i'm very impressed with this one <laughs> good treat good treat all right. Do we want to talk about Kite Tales? Um, I'm willing to go for it if we want to have this discussion now, and then we can. This can be the the wrap up of all three shows. I know Kite Tales isn't necessarily being billed as a 50th anniversary entertainment. However, it came out during the 50th anniversary week, so, and I'd argue it's the most entertaining. <laughs> It certainly looks that way from my point of view as well. So, Jane, you uh, just saw it, right? It is the sleeper hit of the season. (laughs) I love it. I
2: love it. I love it.
1: And when I went yesterday and I said to the cast member, I said, where is the best place for me to watch this? And I was like, oh, hold on, hold on. Where's the most hilarious place for me to watch this? (laughs) Um, And she actually put me in the right spot. And she said to me, she said, you know, we're very proud of the fact that people are saying we're the best of the three new shows. (laughs) And I was like, there is no doubt in my mind that this might be the best of the three new shows.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. um, So anybody that's not aware or not familiar with the Kite Tales, this is happening at Animal Kingdom. And it is happening in the rivers, the old Rivers of Light pavilion what, whatever it started with jungle cruise right and then it or not jungle cruise it started with the jungle book show and then it went to rivers of light and all of those are gone and now we've got kites okay now first of all when we heard kites i think um a collective universal disney group uh we all rolled our eyes and said kites come on guys you can't do better than that but there was um, some thoughts behind this and I think it's it's in relation to um, there are some very famous and very important culturally some kite shows that happen in Asia, maybe not Africa, I think it's in Asia. Um, and so I think that's where it ties in, right? So there is a purpose to having a kite show at animal kingdom. It's not just a cheap way of doing things, which is what my, I will admit my initial uh, thought process was, was they just needed some cheap entertainment to put out there. So, you know, they had jet skis back there from, uh, from Epcot that are no longer being used and they just popped them over and we're going to pull some kites around and that's going to be it. Um, there has been so much hilarity coming out of the show just because the visual the visual of the show is great but when things go wrong it's even better and then even when things go right it's still just a visual funny moment the kites purposely like they fly around the lagoon and do their thing but then they crash headfirst <laughs> into the stands on purpose like that's how you take the kite off stage
1: I am just hoping that no one at Disney is like, oh, this looks terrible. We need to figure out how to get them to crash like out of the sight line. Yeah, no, keep it. (laughs) Because
2: at (laughs) least for another month
0: until Patty and I get to see this. Keep it the way it is. This is a 2022 issue. Like y'all can deal with it next year, but let us come and see this. Y'all have way bigger fish to fry. This is not the thing. <laughs> this is not the thing. Agree. And and for anybody who hasn't seen this, you can definitely Google and look on. Um, I, I think, Jane, maybe if you have video, you can throw it in the Facebook group, too. I have tons. I okay. have tons of video. There, it's just these. there are these big, massive, like, one of them is Baloo. He's, like, the star of the show. There's also a Simba. Um, and they're huge, massive kites that get huge. pulled around by these jet skis. And like I said, I think just the, the the moment that you're waiting for is when they crash into the, when they go off stage. So <laughs> I'm just um, laughing, thinking about it. Sorry. It amuses me it's greatly. So good.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Um, so I do want to mention that this show, there's actually two versions of this show. So it's not all in one show. Um, so there is a Lion King version of this show, and there is a Jungle Book version of this show. And they are both fantastic. Um I personally preferred the Lion King version better, but they're both just a little bit different. Um, and the way that I was told this show happens, I think it's like five or six times a day. It was like eleven fifteen, twelve fifteen, 11 fifteen, that kind of schedule. It's listed in the My Disney Experience app. They told me that they try to alternate, um, you know, the one show is Jungle Book, next show is Lion King, and they try to do that all day. But occasionally they might do two Jungle Books in a row for whatever reason or something or other. Um, You can ask them which show it's going to be when you're walking in, and they'll tell you. Um, Baloo actually crashed where he wasn't supposed to, and they had to send a rescue boat out for
0: him. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my word.
1: (laughs) The best part is, they had, like, pre-recorded, we're so sorry, this occasionally happens, you know, Baloo wanted to, but, like, they're prepared for this stuff to happen, and that is absolute gold. (laughs) I was like, this might be the funniest show next to Monsters, Inc. (laughs) It's amazing. And the kites are so brightly colored. And it's such a fun, like, interactive show. The pre-show is great. There's pre-shows to it. They come out. They play with your kids. Like, I just thought the overall experience, it's a simple show. It is nothing, like, it's not a phantasmic, it's not a harmonious, it's definitely a more simple show, but guys, the show is great, and I honestly, I hope it runs for years. I really do, because I think
0: it just, it did something for Animal Kingdom for me. Uh, I'm excited. I'm down for it. I I honestly, like Teresa and I, are begging just... Nobody tell Disney it's bad. Just let them let it run until after the first week of November or so.
1: I almost went to guest services to tell them how amazing
0: <laughs> the show was. You probably should. Uh, the cast compliment in the app. I don't know if there's a way to be like the Kite Tales team, like <laughs> cast compliment the whole team. Huh. I might email guest services today and be like, do not ever touch this show ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, All right. Anything else we need to touch on or discuss before we head out?
1: Um, I did try some snacks. I definitely checked out all the 50th Golden Statues. I haven't seen all of them yet, but I'm pretty close to seeing all of them. They're spread throughout all the parks. They're kind of a really cool little addition. I didn't think I was going to be excited about them, but it turns out I was. Um, But overall, I think it's going to be a good 18 months
0: let's get it going teresa and i'll be there uh to to get our 50th anniversary take on it with uh, the wine and dine anniversary um or the wine and dine kickoff which is going to be that first weekend in in november and uh yeah i know we're both excited about going back teresa this will be your first time back in two years
2: a bit just just a little bit Mm -hmm. uh yeah first taking but you know I would do a birthday trip every year and I have not been able to do that in a few years. So I'm, I'm super excited to kind of go back, get to experience everything, but just be there. Um, and this is sort of, sort of 50th related. Something I'm specifically excited about is, so we all know I love Gertie the Dinosaur. Um, there are several pieces of new merch that have Gertie <laughs> on them. I like this is not like the biggest news to come out of it, what? but we have to acknowledge this. Okay, so Starbucks they updated their "Been There" series for all the parks. Um, and I do have the mug. The last time they did the "Been There" series, there's, the Gertie is on that mug. They have done a new design, and Gertie is like three times the size that she was. <laughs> and that they have it on. You know, there's mugs, there's the ornaments. They have a tote bag this time so super excited about that and I saw that the the 50th anniversary the popcorn buckets Gertie is on a popcorn bucket y'all so those are the the two things that I have seen she may be somewhere else but I tried to like I I don't buy as much merch as I used to but I'm like anytime Gertie's on anything like we have to get it so Gertie's on some merch it's super exciting
1: I'm excited for you (laughs) yes (laughs) it's the little things (laughs) So if you want to ask any questions about the 50th or give us your feedback, tell me what you thought of all the shows, particularly Kite Tales, um, you can email us at NoGuiltDisneyPodcast.
0: Nope. No.
1: Oh, you guys. You been emailed so well. I know. Don't edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> You can email us at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. There you go. Or you can join us in our Facebook group, which is No Guilt Disney. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and see what you think.
2: And join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast
0: because, as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl kite tails alone. (laughs) I cannot wait for this show. (laughs) Bye, y'all.